Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The guys that are, have chosen not to be vaccinated, they've got to follow the protocols to a T. To a T. Because if... There's consequences with not being vaccinated. We talked about this the last time. You know, do I think everybody should be vaccinated? Absolutely, I do. I am for the vaccine. Frank is for the vaccine. We have a lot of guys on our team that are for the vaccine. And I want to make sure that people understand that, you know, around our community, that this is a good thing. Is it 100% perfect? No. No, it's not. But it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. It can help you from... Ending up in the hospital in a critical situation, um, and it, it helps stop some of the spread, and those are positive things. But for the guys who have chosen to not get vaccinated, they understand that they ha- they're still part of this team. It's their decision, but they're still part of our team, and they have to take care of the team. They have to protect the team. We've talked a lot about that. Chris Ballard, Colts GM from yesterday. One of the teams that has kind of flown under the radar when it comes to the anti-vaccine movement. A lot of Colts players firmly against it, like in Buffalo, like in Minnesota, and management clearly in favor of it, but what can you do? Yeah. You can you can you can cut based on availability the guys who are on the margins of the roster. Right. But your key players like Carson Wentz not vaccinated, as we now know, because he had a five-day absence due to a close contact with an infected person. You're not going to cut Carson Wentz over it. So, uh, you know, just one of the the many teams that could be affected by this as the season unfolds. Chris, and, and even the teams with a high de- degree of vaccination can be affected now that they're going to test the players once a week. You, you you will have players test positive more frequently because you're testing them more often. I, right. I remember way back in the early days of the pandemic, someone who wears a suit all the time said, don't why are we them. testing all these people? Don't test them. That's We're how you don't get, get positive, positive cases. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, let's, let's move on. Um, over under win totals, courtesy of our friends at the Points Bet Sportsbook for 2021. Let's start with the Colts. Nine and a half is the the magic number for Indy. You want over? You want under? I, I, I'm on the fence with the Colts. I don't know any other way to say it. I mean, I like the roster. I really do. 
Uh, I mean, I got a lot of respect for Chris Ballard. I will say, like we had that draft the other day. That, to me, they got a little bat, a little bit of a negative mojo there right now, and they got a very tough divi- I mean, a very tough schedule to start out the year, and it. I guess that's what scares me. So I'm Mike. I'm. I think I'm going under with this one. This one's tough. It really is. But I think I'm going to go like nine and eight. Indianapolis Colts and I don't know if that's going to get them in the playoffs but I think what scares me is you know who's going to be the other weapon that emerges on the offensive side of the ball who's going to be the other big time difference maker on the defensive side of the ball I mean yeah I know they got Darius Leonard and DeVoris Buckner really good defense you need somebody else can that be Quiddy Pay? he's shown some signs but I think ultimately what scares me is Carson Wentz new team hurt foot missed a lot of camp now he just went on the COVID five-day list because of a close contact and all all of that. So then I look at their schedule, and yeah, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go nine and eight. You slammed the brakes I on did. your brain. I did. I did. You heard that? Yeah. All of those yeah, things. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and all that. Uh, I'm going under. I'm going under. Look. Ooh, you these are. These teams okay. that have the tension from the vaccine issue. Do you think it's going to go away when you throw on top of all of that the adversity of losing games, the adversity of injuries, the travel, the stress, the grind? Do you think it's going to make it better or do you think it's going to make it worse? Yeah, right. Oh, we're all going to come together now because we're in regular season mode and we're playing all these tough teams and we're losing some games that we'd like to win. And we're a band of brothers here, even though there's this fundamental issue on vaccination status that we continue to squabble about. It's not going to go away. I think it's only going to get worse. And when you when you throw in the Carson Wentz angle, I, I'm, I understand he was great in 2017. MVP candidate until he tore up his knee. Yeah. 2018. He, he was coming around before he had the back injury. 2019, he was spectacular. Yeah. No injuries. Carried the team on his back. Right. Then last year, I don't know what happened. Yeah. But between the injury history and the I don't know what happened from last year, I'm not ready to say that that it's going to magically change now that he's reunited with Frank Reich. I got to see it. Yeah. So for now, I'm, I'm going to say under. Yeah, I'm with you. I, that's exactly how I feel. I mean, I'm not going to be shocked, of course, if they're in the playoffs. Uh, but, but, yeah, it's the AFC – and as we mentioned many times, it is the toughest first eight weeks of the year out of anybody in football, in my opinion. I mean, it's unreal. I mean, that is unreal. I know we got the Texans week six, but those other seven games are legit. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs or not, but I can tell you they're going to be really tough, close football games, all those other teams, and they're not going anywhere. Like the Seahawks, the Rams, the Titans, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the 49ers, and then the Titans again, they're not going to fall off planet Earth. They're not. They're, they're going to be, they're, they're going to really, you know, pose some problems for a lot of football teams. And I, I'm with you. Got to see it to believe it. All right. Titans, nine and a half is the over under for them as well. If you're leaning under for the Colts like me, you're going to lean over, aren't you, with yeah. the Titans? Yeah, you're right. I am going to lean over. I just have, I first off, have a lot of faith in Mike Vrabel. You got Julio Jones on the offensive side of the ball. I am interested to see, you know, how the offense looks with Todd Downing and company there. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a little difference there. Uh, but Derrick Henry, and then I think they made the appropriate moves on the defensive side of the ball, too. They made their secondary better. Janoris Jenkins was phenomenal last year for the Saints. You've heard me say I would argue he was better than Marshawn Lattimore for most of the year last year. 
You know, Bud Dupree, I know he's not we're not going to expect anything from him early on in the year. But, you know, even some of the rookies they drafted, uh, Caleb Farley, I think, is a superstar, and he looked apart so far in training camp. Elijah Molden, Honey Badger said that looks like me out there. He was really impressive. I, I am. I'm going with the over of the Titans. You know, they've been dealing with COVID issues, although they don't have a vaccination problem in Tennessee. I'm going over as well, although I'm reluctant to say this because I never want to be accused of the dreaded jinx. I see on social media all the time, hey, will Derrick Henry rush for 2,000 yards again this year? No, he won't because no one ever has. Now, that doesn't mean it's impossible, but you're expecting a lot. When you set the bar at 2,000 for a guy, that's a lot. And I remember when Adrian Peterson cracked 2,000 in 2012, he starts talking about 2,500. You forget how difficult it is. You forget how how lucky you can get when it comes to avoiding injury in between Tannehill and Henry and Julio Jones. You know, uh, the, the Titans have been fortunate the past few years. They haven't had any major injury issues, and I, I just feel like, I just I don't want to say I feel like they're due. I just feel like they're due. I don't know. I just feel like there's something that's bugging me about the Titans going into this year. I'm having a hard time, obviously, articulating it, but there's something that's holding me back from saying this is going to be an elite team. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, but I just I feel like it's going to be hard to duplicate what they've done the last two years. I, I mean, I don't I don't doubt that. I mean, and, and the other thing we got to take into account here: the AFC South. They're playing the NFC West and the AFC East. Like that's where I'm, you know, that's where I'm not going to just go crazy. Those are maybe the two best divisions in football. Certainly you got six teams from those two divisions where you go, whoa, you know, have fun playing them. All right. Jacksonville over under six, I guess. How far under six do you think they'll be? Well, this goes back to like what I said the other day, who was on crack to put them at six wins. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Liverpool. All right. I'm going to get bleeped out on Sky Sports because I said They crack. bleeped you out for, for saying, saying smoking crack I the other so. day. I guess so. I don't know. That was a shocker to me. Uh, but Wait, now, let me let me just tell yeah. I know I know we're – sorry, Courtney, I'm sorry, but I just got to say this. They have gone and, – and we love the folks at Sky, and we love the folks in the U.K. We who do. have been watching the show. We, awesome. I hear from folks all the time. Yes. But it's gone from heavily – a kind of bleeped – to then they had an age restriction, like you had to get a pin code <laughs> to access the show, and they weren't bleeping anything. Right now they're just bleeping everything. I so heard, somebody yes. must have complained about the pin code. <laughs> so they just somebody over there. I'd like to know the guy who's sitting over there with a cigarette and a cup of coffee, just pressing that button. <laughs> oh, here are these here are these guys go again. Here they go. They better not bang, air my bang, podcast, bang. Mike. I know that yeah. they won't hear anything if they play my podcast. Right. Just be so beep, we're both. We're both under on the Jaguars because we both believe that the odds makers were smoking crack. Yes. Houston over under four wins. This one's a little bit interesting. Where are you? I I I, I err on under. I do. I, I mean, I really want to say like push. I, I guess if I was re- if you're gonna really make me say it, I would go push. I mean, I really think it's three, four, five wins. I just don't see it. You know, too many things going on there with Houston. It's a total rebuild. I mean, they have totally torn it down, and they're going to try to rebuild it in the vision of Nick Casario. So I, I, I'll go under for lack lack. Uh, if I got to pick one, I'm going to pick under. I'm going to go over because they're going to be the team that everyone assumes is a bye week, and they're going to surprise some people. Sleep some of these. Yeah, because yeah. even the bad teams need to be able to point to other bad teams and laugh. And some of those bad teams are going to find out the hard way that they shouldn't have taken the Texans for granted. And that's going to help them get to at least five wins. Five and 12 
not quite a ticker tape parade in Houston, but <laughs> yeah. better than we expect. Let's take a break. It's the year of the Alabama quarterback. Which one will have the best season? We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. I really um, feel confident about uh, his approach, um, his ability to uh, learn, uh, his ability to process information, and really his ability to make a mistake and learn from those too. I just think Mac is, uh, he's, he's been incredibly poised. Uh, he's uh, been able to improve over the course of our training camp, and uh, he's put in the work and just uh, you know, been a trusted player for us since he's gotten here. But I feel like he's been able to uh, show an ability to do things the way we want them done um, at a productive level. That's why we drafted him, and I think he's come in and performed at a level that supports that. In reverse order, that was Bill Belichick, Troy Brown, and Josh McDaniels discussing Mac Jones. Troy Brown, you couldn't tell from him leaning forward. Troy Brown is jacked. Have you seen a picture of him? I, I yeah, have I, not. I, my, he is jacked. I remember somebody telling me, maybe it was Rodney, that Junior Seau used to do curls with 160-pound dumbbells. I I think that Troy Brown's doing 170. He is jacked. He looks, I mean, he, he well, just looks like, he looks bigger than he ever did when he played. He's one of those guys, to me, that doesn't get credit for as good a player as he ever was. You know, it, it's he got a little bit washed out by, you know, some of the other great players that are there. New England didn't get credit. I mean, let's, let's be freaking real about the guy. The guy was playing receiver and DB in games. He played two ways. I mean... That just tells you what kind of an athlete, how tough, how smart he was. So, yeah, I'm sure he does got muscles popping out of everywhere. Yeah, uh, Mac Jones does not. (laughs) (laughs) Good segue. He is the starting quarterback. All right, between Mac Jones in New England, Jalen Hurts in Philly, who we finally know is the starter there, not that we had a lot of doubt, and Tua Tonga-Vailoa in Miami, which Alabama quarterback will have the best season? I'm going with the Mac attack. I am. Uh, You know, one – uh, as you, I, I, you know, Mac was, he's special. He's really damn good. I didn't expect him to make him the number three quarterback after, you know, Zach, Zach uh, Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. When I first started to watch film, I went, oh, this is just going to be like, hey, he's on a real good team. And he doesn't, he's NFL ready, as you've heard me say. He was the most NFL ready in the whole class. He's the best thrower of that group. He's, him and two are the best in the pocket, I'll say that. Probably Max even better in the pocket. And then, of course, he's got New England around him where I have the most confidence in the fact that they will formulate game plans that fit him on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I agree. He's in the best spot yeah. to have a big year. And he is clearly, unequivocally, without any question or doubt, the guy. Yeah. In Philly, it's always been a little tentative and not that Joe Flacco is going to win the job, but now Gardner Minshew's there and we know how the Philly fans can be. They got that. Speaking of crack, they got that one Super Bowl trophy and it has made them ravenous for another one. They have no patience. They had no patience before they got a Super Bowl trophy. They've got even less now that they have one. They want to get number two in the worst way. So Jalen Hurts is under pressure there, and we talked about the two in Deshaun. Think Mac Jones is he's he's in he's he's the man. He's been entrusted with the job. They've made all those improvements on the offensive side of the ball this year. I think that uh, I think that he will have the best season. All right, which first year coach will have the best 
record, Chris, who are you taking there? I think I have to go with Brandon Staley and the Los Angeles Chargers on this one. Uh, you know, again, not the, you know, Sirianni, things look good. You know, kneecap biter. You know, I got faith in him. Atlanta, I mean, but just the, the this, this current status of the Chargers football team. It's, it's too talented for me to think that he won't be the most successful in the first year. I don't know if that means playoffs, but I just think they're going to win more games than, than some of these other teams that are in a worse position. I think they will go to the playoffs. I think he will be one of the favorites to become coach of the year. You know, how you finish relative to your preseason expectations is one of the key ingredients in being coach of the year. And even now, there's just kind of this vague sense that the Chargers are the Chargers. Well, they're in position to make a move this year if they keep their key players healthy. And I think Brandon Staley uh, will, will show us why the Chargers were so uh, quick and decisive when the opportunity came to hire him. So I agree with you. It's going to be Staley. Which free agent signing will have the biggest impact in 2021, Chris? I'm going Joe Tooney uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, for, for a lot of reasons, I guess. One, you stole a really good offensive lineman from a team that's a rival in your conference. All right, so you got that. And two, I think it just it, it set a tone in the offseason that like, hey, Kansas City – we're, 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 we're not going to stay the same and just rest on our laurels that we've been to the Super Bowl two years in a row. We're going we're gonna to push forward and change our football team a little bit. And we're going to do our damnedest to protect the best player in football and make you have to deal with him because that best player in football can almost overcome anything as long as you protect him. I mean, he's the magic man. So that to me was just big because that just set them a, a tra or a, a, just a, I guess a line or whatever where you went, whoa, Kansas City's not messing around. And then, of course, the Orlando Brown, Brown traded, uh, trade happened after that. So I'm going to say the Joe Tooney one. I'll go John Johnson. We talked about him earlier this yeah. week, the safety that the Browns pilfered from the Rams. And, hey, if you're going to pay all those guys a ton of money, there are going to be certain guys who walk away. John Johnson, a guy who who just couldn't find a spot in the budget with the Rams. Right. They surely would have loved to have kept him. He brings an energy and attitude to that Browns defense as that team tries to not just maintain what they did last year but find ways to get to the next level. I think he's going to become a key ingredient to a very, very good defense if they can keep everyone healthy. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Yesterday we drafted our candidates for offensive oh, look rookie at that. of the year. There he is. I told you. I Damn. wasn't lying. Look yeah. at those pecs. Uh, pecs yes. and buys for uh, sure. Defensive rookie of the year, and uh, I don't know, Troy, Troy Brown wouldn't count as a defensive rookie if he jumped in and played some DB, but he could if he wanted to. We'll do the defensive rookie of the year draft next here on PFT Live. Yesterday it was offensive rookie of the year. Today, defensive odds provided by the points bet sportsbook. Oh, uh, and uh, I, I get the trivia question for the second straight day. I guess I did so well yesterday. You're asking me again? Yeah, I guess so. It's all, all right. right. Either okay. way, this one's tough. I mean, you know me. I'm a historian, and I don't even know this one. Only once was there co-rookie defensive players of the year. What year and who wow. were the players? I know. I'll tell you it's the Atlanta Falcons just because this is so hard. I'll tell you that. It's the Atlanta Falcons. It's 1980. I'll even tell you the year. But oh, Wait, I, and it's two players two from players, the Falcons? Right. Both linebackers. They're not household names. 
I, I only really I'll know them when you say them. I'll know. I'll know. I remember. I mean, I was I was locked in. I was watching every game back then. How do I not remember this? Right. I I'll was, know them when you say them. I give. I surrender. Uh, yeah. Tell I me was the sucking names on a pacifier and eating baby food at this point. Or so I I have no idea. Um, Al Richardson and Buddy Curry. Okay, and. I know. I, I thought mean, those names would ring a bell. They I, don't. <laughs> I don't. Al Richardson rang a bell. I did not. The other one, no disrespect to either one. I mean, that's a phenomenal accomplishment and crazy that two guys on the same team got that. Uh, 80, I think, was the first year that the Falcons were good from the time that I started following football in the early 70s. And I think they that was the year they expanded the playoffs to five teams per conference, and they, they got in that year uh into the it may have been play it may have played the eagles in the four or five game i remember that maybe maybe i'm wrong but uh, i don't remember those two names all right you get the first pick chris in the defensive rookie of the year draft okay well i think i'm gonna just go with micah parsons i mean i'm gonna take you know chalk here uh, for that one you just you know again sometimes the obvious answer is the answer i mean the dude looks like a stud i mean he just he stands out from the second we saw him in the hall of fame game and he's got a cool little personality. He's certainly not like afraid of being the man in Dallas, and and uh, he fits the scheme. So I, I mean, really, he's the, he might be the best player in that defense already. I'm going Micah Parsons. Yeah, uh, that's the obvious pick, and we've said before it seems like he's been in the NFL six or seven years, not a, a rookie straight out of Penn State. I'll go Zayvon Collins, another guy that we both liked. Yeah. in the preseason, a guy that I think is incredibly versatile. He's been compared to Brian Urlacher. That is a strong comparison, but he can do a lot of different things. The Cardinals have that defense where they like guys that can do a lot of different things. Has a chance to stand out. Has a chance to make some impacts and get attention. Not easy to do on the Cardinals, but Kyler Murray did it on the offensive side two years ago. Maybe Zayvon Collins can do it this year. Yeah, please. I hear you there. I mean, he made the same impression that we just talked about with Micah Parsons. That's that that type of player. I'm I'm excited to see him and Isaiah Simmons in the middle of that defense. I can say, just from playing Brian Urlacher, I got to play him one time in my life. Man, was that a pain in the butt. Forget like he's smart and everything else. But when you got somebody that big, that athletic, and that long, too, in the middle of the field, whoa, do windows seem like they're just a lot tighter than usual when, when you got a guy like that. All right, I'm going to go off. off. I'm going to go nobody on that board here. I'm just going to go with somebody that I'm, I think is a baller, Caleb Farley. Again, you know my thoughts on Caleb Farley. He had the you know, opt-out last year. He had a little back problem that concerned teams that made him fall to the late first round of the Tennessee Titans. But uh, hands down, if he doesn't have that, he is a top-five pick, I think. He is that talented. And from what I've seen on film so far, he looks like the body is hitting on all cylinders. So I'm going to go with him uh, over there in Tennessee. Well, and you've been a big believer in him from day one. There have been issues between the opt-out, the back surgery, and now he's going to have to have he's going to have to have a lot of interceptions. Yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to get rookie of the year votes because you're a great coverage guy and they don't throw your right. way. He's going to have to get the ball in his hands and do something with it in order to get himself in position to uh, to win that award. And I'll stay in that same position because he brings name recognition to the table, and he had a pick six. In the preseason, Patrick your Tan, the second of the Denver Broncos, a guy that whatever he does will be noticed and will be talked about. And when you think about the fact that ultimately people vote on this award, that's the kind of thing that can make a difference. So the name recognition will help. That's why I go with Sertan. Yeah, I, I'm with you there too. First off, he's looked the part as well, and you know he's got like great football IQ. You know, just like he got great hands, like we saw. Uh, so I, I, that's 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 a good pick by you, man. This is where it's tough. 
You know, I love Jalen Phillips, but that's a different scheme down there a little bit in Miami. They don't always let you just pin your ears back and go after it. And he got a slow start to camp because he was uh, a little bit banged up. I'm going to go Quiddy Pay with the Colts. You know, they play that defense where, hey, it's wide nines and it's just all about go get the quarterback. To me, he looks a little bit so far like a, a James Harrison type of guy coming off the edge. You know, yeah, it's not your measurables that you necessarily make sense for elite pass rushers, but he's strong as hell and has an unbelievable motor. So I'll go with Quiddy Pay and that defensive scheme. I think it's the right fit, and I think he can certainly get a handful of sacks as the year goes on. Well, you went with one of your guys in Caleb Farley. I'm going with one of my guys because I know it's a guy that you've got concerns about, Gregory Rousseau, late first rounder of the Bills. Hey, Bills are going to score points. Yeah. Bills are going to have leads. Yeah. What happens You're right. when a team has a lead? The defense, they always say pin their ears back, which I never understood because they're wearing helmets, <laughs> but the pin, pin their ears back and let them go after the quarterback. And he, he's looked good in the preseason. I think that, that there are going to be some teams that drafted ahead of the Bills asking themselves, why didn't we take a, a more serious look? Another guy who opted out. But huge, long arms, disruptive, and uh, yeah. at plus at what? What do we have the odds on him at? I, I think it's around plus two thousand, twenty to one shot. Your that, points uh, are good though. You're you're right. That, They're going to be throwing the yeah, ball. They're going to have some leads. He's going to get to to just come off the edge and get after the quarterback. And hey, he had two sacks. His long arms. You bring that up. I mean, that's that's been the difference. I mean, he gets his hands and and offensive lineman's shoulders and chest, and they don't know what to do. They can't reach back. I mean, he's that long. So he's he's been pretty impressive. All right, uh, we, we flew through it. And by the way, I, I did a little multitasking. The year I was thinking of with the Falcons was 78. That was the first year of the expanded playoffs. They had never been in the playoffs before. They were down 13-0 to the Eagles, and they came back. As Bartkowski the is the quarterback? Who is the quarterback Steve there? Bartkowski. Steve Bartkowski. Steve Bartkowski, right. They, went to the, they had never been to the playoffs. They went to the playoffs in 78, 79, and 80. In 80, they were 12-4, and four, and they actually won the NFC West wow. and lost to the Cowboys in the divisional round. All right, uh, let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. We talked yesterday about the 
potential location of the Saints week one home game against the Green Bay Packers. They can't play at the Superdome given what happened with Hurricane Ida. We talked about AT&T Stadium as a possibility. Los Bukis, I was corrected by multiple Los Bukis fans after the show. It's not Bukis, it's Bukis. Los Bukis performing three nights later at AT&T Stadium. Apparently, AT&T didn't work. As it turns out, the Saints will be playing the home game against the Packers in Jacksonville. And according to Jeff Duncan of the New Orleans Times-Picayune, the Saints did their research on things including Aaron Rodgers' record in Florida. He's 3-4 and all-time with a 78.1 passer rating. They think the heat and humidity will give them an edge that against the Green sure. Bay Packers. Uh-huh. And, and they could have had any of the Florida venues, Miami, Tampa, or Jacksonville. And they picked Jacksonville because they looked at the flights because they think, hey, Tampa, Miami, destination location for Packers fans, pandemic notwithstanding. Uh, the, the flights are the most expensive to Jacksonville, and it's the toughest itinerary to get to where you want to be from where you want to go. So they're trying to ensure that Packers fans don't show up, don't flock there. I think they need to worry about Buccaneers fans coming over to Jacksonville and rooting against the Saints. <laughs> I'd worry about that if I was the Saints, but they don't have to worry about cheeseheads, or at least as many cheeseheads as they would in Miami or Tampa. So it's funny how they looked at every detail, but hey, they're giving up their home field advantage. This Big is time. huge. This is Big great. Time for the Packers right it, it it goes from a well maybe we get lucky and we win the game to this is neutral site yeah neutral site they have to travel we have to travel we can beat them here no no question I mean again we we both know the the Superdome uh which I think they've renamed it right the Caesar Dome or whatever it is down there the uh, Caesars Superdome Caesar Superdome that I mean that's one of the toughest places to play in football it is and it's a huge advantage for the Green Bay Packers they don't have to go down there and deal with you know, the Louisiana fans. I would think, you know, even, I don't know how much farther is it. They can, the Saints fans can drive to Jacksonville. I'm sure that's an aspect. The the flight thing is really amazing. The fact that they look at Rodgers' record is pretty damn amazing too. The first thing I did think of, though, was your first point, that, oh, Jacksonville makes sense down there in Florida. Hey, the Saints are used to that heat down there. It, it ain't that hot up there in Wisconsin. This, that'll be humid and, and tough to deal with. Uh, so it, it is an advantage for the Green Bay Packers, though, a, a big advantage of that. And, and it's not Gainesville, it's Tallahassee, but Jameis Winston coming back to Florida and playing in a game, that's an attraction sure, for the local fans, sure. right? Definitely. So I, I don't know. I, who knows? It'll be interesting to see how many seats are full for that game and how they'll go about doing it. Will it be full price? I doubt it. Will it be some sort of a donation? Who knows? But it's an extra game for Jacksonville involving two teams that aren't the Jaguars. You got the Packers. You got the Saints. You got two playoff teams. Yeah. Two high-caliber teams coming to town. If I lived in Jacksonville, I'd be at the front of the line to go see that game. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, yes, it's it's Saints. I, I would be shocked if they fell off this year. You know, it's still a really good football team, and they're still really good up front. There's no team that's going to push the New Orleans Saints around on either side of the football. And, of course, you know, Jameis Winston is going to bring a little different element to the offense altogether. You know, again, no disrespect to Drew Brees, but, yeah, Jameis can push the ball down the field like we talked about with some of those highlights from that Jaguars uh, preseason game. That's going to change how you have to defend them. Uh, So, yeah, I mean – 
It, it, it should be a really good one. I feel bad for the Saints. I mean, to, to have your you know first month of your year just thrown like into a major curveball like this, wow, is that a lot to deal with. By the way, Chris, I was thinking about building a new house, but I think somebody stole my plans. Mark Davis got my plans. Look at look at the house Whoa. that Mark Davis is building. 15,000 square feet, including a 5,400 square foot garage, $14 million. It, it looks like something that you would roll into their new stadium. I, it it, it looks is amazing. amazing. I want to throw the challenge flag, though, and go, that costs more than $14 million, okay? I don't know. I just, you know, depends again, on what it's made out of. I've been around the block a few times in my life, and that's not a $14 million house. I'll just say that. I feel like that might have been like, hey, hey, do me a favor and don't tell everybody it's a $40 million house. <laughs> We're done. See ya. See tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.